Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the latest edition of the La Piedra Spanish Property Podcast. My name is Sean Woolley. I'm Managing Director of Cloud9 Spain, real estate company, um, predominantly uh, operating in the Costa del Sol and also the Costa Blanca and Costa Calida. And with me, as always, I have Mark Stucklin, who is the guy from Spanish Property Insight. He's the head of the, the data and the facts and the figures. I can bleat on about what's happening but this is the go-to guy for um, for the real stuff and for those of you who don't know mark he um he's the go-to guy whenever people want to know what's happening in the market what's been happening where the data is driving us he is the man to go to so very pleased to have you along again mark thank you for for being with us and um today i believe we're going to be talking about predominantly about the golden visa issue uh, which a lot of people ask us about, but surprising figures came out, I think a couple of weeks ago now, which we're gonna we're gonna talk about, and then we'll um, we'll cover the last part of the uh, of this episode by talking about something a little more lighthearted, but still very important, which is the um, the importance of home staging when you're looking to sell a, a, a property. How can you make your property stand out from the crowd and capture that that interest? um within seconds so mark i'm going to hand over to you to kind of introduce the the golden visa section what's been happening well uh good morning nice to see you again uh sean even though it's you know only we've only never met in person it's always been virtual but it's one always day. a pleasure one day exactly so yeah so the spanish golden visa which was introduced in 2013 at a time where by the at the time Spanish government it was the PP party which is the right of center party and Spain was in the depths of a of a brutal real estate crash so rather following the in the footsteps of countries like Portugal the government introduced this golden visa the idea was to encourage uh, investment um, in property because they had a they'd had a a, a massive uh, real estate crash so lots and lots of empty and repossessed properties that needed to, buy, to find a buyers and, and also to bring in capital into the in foreign investment in the country. These were the, the, the rationale behind it, much like many other countries. I think the UK's had a type of golden visa as well, but just a bit more expensive. Mm -hmm. Lots of countries have it. So that was introduced in 2013. But typically Spanish, the, the golden visa was very bureaucratic, lots of, um, lots of rules and, and quite unwieldy. And so it wasn't very attractive. They were out there in the competition if you just wanted a golden visa with a Schengen area um, travel and other, all the other perks, you could get a, a cheaper, quicker visa from other countries. So, so the kind of investor that was coming to Spain really had to have reasons to want Spain, not just a, a European golden visa. And so it wasn't a very, it wasn't a big hit in, in the first year. There was only 489. Uh, real estate visas granted and real estate is the big or property is the big um, is the big attraction to these uh, there, there are other types of investments you can do sort of uh, two million in 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 government debt or a start or a startup employee such but you know those are all even more complicated so um so so it was really property that was the it was the big star of this of this scheme and it was uh, a, a, a flop at the beginning but they tweaked it and made it slightly more um less obstacles to to getting the visa and 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 it did a bit better i think in the in the high high point it reached 681 real estate golden visas granted in uh, 2019 just before the pandemic 
Then in 2020, uh, the pandemic hit and unsurprisingly, there was a 42% decline in golden visas uh, granted in that year. People just couldn't come to Spain and actual coming to Spain was one of the, you know, you have to, the, the visa had to, the investor had to be present personally in Spain for part of the application process. And um, then in 2021, there was a bit of a rebound, 400. So before I carry on, let me just say the data is not that great. The government doesn't, there's not like a web page or it's not part of the Institute of National Statistics or the MITMA government. It's part of the immigration office and they don't have a, a, a web page where you can just go and check the, the number of visas granted according to the different categories. They make it pretty difficult. So it kind of comes out in the press. I think registered press outlets request date information and the government gives it to them and that's about as good as it gets. So it's difficult to to check this information and and confirm it, but and we rely on press reports, but that's that's as, that's the best we have. And so in 2022, the surprising thing was, well, 2021 there was a, a rebound, as you would expect after the after the plunge in 2020 in in the pandemic year of 2020. So there were just shy of 500 granted in 2021, which was a 26 percent increase on 2020, but still significantly down on 2019. And then the surprising thing is last year, 2022, according to a report that came out very recently in a Spanish online media called El Economista, uh, but they claim that this was data that was they requested and were given by the uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And so, and, you know, it's not like a, a, a really obscure website. It's quite a well-known uh, media outlet in Spain. So we'll take it at face value. And they say that according to that, there was 136 property visa, golden visas granted last year, which is a 72% decline on the year before and, you know, the worst year since 2013. Um, so a real collapse in golden visa demand. And the interesting thing is how the demand, so assuming this is all correct, this data, how the uh, nationality, the profile of the nationalities has changed because traditionally, up until 2019, China dominated, uh, China and Russia dominated the um, the demand, and, and latterly, China much more than Russia. So in 2019, 68% of visas were uh, Chinese investors, and Russia was uh, 6%. And then you get into you know Iran three percent, USA two point three percent, Mexico two percent, and then other twenty percent others like all the other you know, countries of the world um, uh, put together. And last year, with this much lower figure, um, you have a change. So Russia, was, uh, China was down to forty four percent. Russia nine. Uh, so, see, China was down to forty four percent with sixty one. Russia there was nine visas granted, so it's less than ten percent. And then, interestingly, the, the UK, 12%. I think this, oh no, after the Philippines, so the third biggest country in terms of demand for golden visas. Of course, the UK before Brexit was never needed golden visas; wouldn't have been even remotely on the on the radar. And the US, uh, just five visas last year, which doesn't really ring true with a lot of the uh, anecdotal evidence I'm hearing from other sources. So that's what the the the, the data tells us, and it would be interesting to um, hear what how how you see it. I think first of all, let's just remind our listeners about 
what the golden visa means and what you have to do to get one. So my understanding is that um, there's a minimum uh, investment, certainly in the property side of it, there's a minimum investment of 500,000 euros. Uh, that has to be a cash investment. It can't be mortgaged. So if you if you buy a property at a million euros and 500,000 is mortgaged and 500,000 is cash, that's fine. But you can't go and buy a 500,000 euro property and have half of it on a mortgage and then expect to get a golden visa. So there needs to be unencumbered debt-free amount of 500,000 that's invested into the Spanish property market. And the golden visa um, allows uh, the buyer and their spouse and dependent children to all benefit from the uh, what the golden visa gives you which is the fact that you only have to come to spain for one day a year you can come for all the year if you want to but but the 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 rule is you need to you need to make an appearance once a, once a year and it means that you have free access to effectively free access to the eu so for anyone who's not in the eu as you said mark you know the uk now comes into that category then it's a it's a great product because it gives you the freedom of movement that that you you know you can travel throughout Europe pretty much unrestricted. You there's no time limit to how often you you have to be in Spain, and you can also um, particularly prevalent if you come from a, a fairly low tax economy, you can still do all your your books and your accounts back in your home country. So, but you have to you can't spend more than 183 days in Spain. A right. year for that to be the case, because if you pass some more than that, that or more, then you become liable for you become tax resident here. Exactly. So you just got to be careful on that. But in terms of what it, you know, the benefits, there's, there's quite a lot of quite a lot of benefits to to having this visa. So you know, if you're not in the EU and you are spending that amount of money, then you think, well, surely it's a natural thing to do. And do you know what we have? I mean, we deal with people from all over the world. Some are in the, the EU, um, some are not. It's probably a, I don't know, 50-50 split. And the ones that are not in the EU are always asking about the, the golden visa situation. And, you know, how can I how can I get to, to spend more time in Spain? That is kind of the way that it's going, particularly for the Brits, particularly for the, the Americans. So I was absolutely flabbergasted um, when I saw these figures for 2022. You know, the fact that only 12 visas were granted to UK um, citizens, only five to US. It just didn't make any sense to me because it's not what I'm hearing on the ground in terms of the, the interest. Now, I have no doubt that these figures are, are accurate and true because there's no reason why they wouldn't be. But the, the interest and the talk on the ground is obviously not being translated into stamping the golden visas. Now, whether that's because there's a problem getting the visas, which is not something I've heard, or whether there's just, you know, people just don't do it for whatever reason, whether they're advised by lawyers not to do it or, I don't know, but I just found it found it very, very surprising. Considering, I think anyway, it's a really good product. Yeah, mm -hmm. because it gives you an option to, well, to live your life where you want to really, or to split your time effectively. And and for the UK market, then, you know, it's a, it's a great product if you're spending that amount of money. So I'm, I'm shocked. Now, whether whether we've just had a load of people talking about it this year and that will be translated in next year's figures, I don't know. But like you said, Mark, it's, you know, when you're dealing with 136 visas, you know, golden visas granted through property investment in 2022, what's the point in having it? It's hmm. just it's yeah. surely costing them more money than, than it's generating just by having the scheme operating. And, and like you said, you know, predominantly in the past, it's been Chinese and, and Russians. The Russians are obviously struggling 
at the moment to to spend any money in Spain because of all the embargoes and all the bits and pieces and the sanctions. So I can I can understand why that figure is down. The Chinese, as you said, haven't been able to travel, but we have noticed a huge uptick in interest from the states and from Canada in the last year, particularly. I mean, there was a stage we were every every deal we were doing was was to an American buyer, and they're all talking about golden visa and they're all going through the process of getting it. But it's it's like where are they? <laughs> where yeah. are they? But I mean, would how if you can remember? I mean, thinking back to twenty twenty two. Of your buyers that were from outside the EU, who how many do you think were planning, were spending more than 500,000 mm. and intending to use it to request a golden visa? Get a rough guess. I mean, are we talking three or, or 20? Yeah, no, I, I would say probably towards the, the upper end of that. So, yeah, I would say between 10 and 20. Now, we're we're not the biggest agency out there by any means. So I would, you know, when he, I was doing this research with somebody else, and there's certainly over 1500 estate agents in Marbella alone. So if you think we had 10 or 15 people and somebody, you know, that's got to be a huge number. Yeah, we're, we're just not seeing it. We're just not seeing it in the in the figures. And I think everyone, you know, I, I put it on LinkedIn, and I shared it with a few people and and agents, lawyers, mm -hmm. tax people were, were equally shocked. That, yeah. That, that okay. Well, so what you know? How come? So it doesn't really. Um, it seems to contradict a bit what um, yeah. you're seeing, and it and it. I mean, it makes sense that the Chinese demand was because of the three-year zero COVID lockdown in China. So the Chinese were basically kind of locked up in their homes, and they weren't buying golden visas in Spain. Um, that makes perfect sense. And of course, the 2022 was the year that was dominated by the invasion of Ukraine, which ha has a big impact on Russia. So that kind of there's reasons to s see why these two big markets were taken out of or, you know, uh, reduced, uh, the demand was reduced significantly in 2022. But other markets like the UK, America, Canada and the rest of the world would be um, uh, unhindered by, the, by these things potentially. So one thing that could be happening is that uh, because of the the knock-on effects of COVID and the Spanish bureaucracy, which is a is is a really inefficient. Well, in my experience, is quite a. I mean, uh, you know, many bureaucracy. Bureaucracy efficiency is something isn't something that you that you use to characterize many bureaucracies. Although, I have to say, I've had quite a bit of dealing with the Swiss bureaucracy. Um, of, for example, getting passports, uh, the British bureaucracy or the Swiss bureaucracy. There was no comparison. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. I, it's possible that after lockdown and the, the fact that you know working from home and a bunch of things that the state bureaucratic system is is uh, working slowly, maybe there's a backlog of right. of lots of golden visa uh, applications that haven't been processed. I mean, it, it doesn't doesn't sound very credible, but maybe that's part of the story that there were many more applications than 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 visas granted in 2022. Yeah, you would still expect to see some of them coming through, wouldn't you? It's, it's, I, mean, yeah. I talked to a lawyer the other day, and he said it's a relatively straightforward system. You know, it takes a few months, but it's, it's relatively straightforward. It's relatively cheap. And mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, if, I, if I'm a Brit, and you know, we've had so many people from the UK, from the States, who are looking to, to make their life here in Spain, or at least give themselves the option of making their life here in Spain, and you're spending 500,000, which certainly in Marbella is, is, is a relatively moderate amount. I know it's a lot of money, but it's still, you know, our average sale at the moment is around about a million euros. So it's still a relatively moderate amount for a lot of buyers. Why wouldn't you do it? You know, mm -hmm. 
if you're moving, say, from the UK or the States and you're, you're spending that amount of money and you want to give yourself the option, not maybe... Mm -hmm. Giving yourself the option, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you get a golden visa? Just yeah, you'd expect everyone who's yeah. outside the EU to to, to 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 request one. Just as a, a nice, you know, nice optional. Absolutely, um, so, the benefits far outweigh any. I can't really think of any disadvantages, but the benefits are there, you know. And also, yeah. people, particularly for people who want to put their kids through schools and you know give them the opportunity to grow in a in a. In a, in a place like Spain, then you would expect, I, I don't know, I, I still find it mind-boggling. Maybe they've missed a zero off the figures or something. <laughs> well, actually, like I tried to stress at the beginning, the figures are not verified. Um, they, are, they, they, they could be wrong and we'll have to wait and see. And I didn't see them reported in any other. I didn't see them in El País, El Mundo, La Vanguardia, all of the more kind of mainstream media. El Economista is a slightly more niche and offbeat, but they kept it. It wouldn't be in their interest to be going fabricating, inventing these figures and claiming the source to be the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. It, it, why would they do that? Um, it's not like that's going to be the scoop of the century and that's going to you know, get them lots of um, new, new readers. It's, it's not really clickbait. It doesn't really add up. So, you know, what to make of these figures. But it's quite possible that in retrospect, they turn out to be wrong and that it was much higher. So we just have to wait and see because there will come a point when there will be it'll be reported because it usually is every year by as like a, a just a bog standard news item yeah i mean the, the interesting thing obviously is that there's always been a little bit of competition or certainly over the last few years between spain and portugal because portugal has been offering a golden visa system i think the entry requirements are a little lower and there are also fairly significant tax advantages that were available with the portuguese scheme which attracted a lot of people even if they didn't really want to be in portugal they went for the mm -hmm. tax reasons um, obviously, Portugal has recently announced that their visa is coming to or has come to an end. Mm -hmm. So you, you would think that this was a, a sort of natural moment or an opportunity for the Spanish authorities to go, hmm, we have suddenly we have no competition on the Mediterranean. Let's mm -hmm. uh, let's bolster this scheme. But there doesn't seem to be any any political will to to move it forward. As you said, in fact, if anything, it's the other way. They're looking maybe to. To, to abandon it themselves at some point in the future? Well, there's been no official word from the Spanish government. So we know that in the, the I think the week before last, both Sp uh, Portugal and Ireland announced that they were, they were discontinuing the golden visa. And in Portugal's case, it also seems that it might, it might be discontinuing granting any new visas and, and issuing past ones. What it was going to be um, with conditions on issuing past one, which is, you know, not, not a great way to in inspire confidence in, in for investors because if it's like oh, i go buy it today but then in a, who knows if they cancel it then i'm going to not be able to that my get my, my golden visa that i've already paid for is no longer valid anyway we'll, we'll see but the spanish government hasn't said a word on this mm -hmm. uh, we know that the eu is is uh hates the golden visa because it um you know gets people and there's a certain i understand it you know it's like you buy got you buy invest in one country and you get access to all the other countries um, if the golden visa was you could only get a travel in the country where you invested, but it affects the whole Schengen area. Mm. And so the, the, the EU's dead against it, and they've been putting pressure and regularly uh, voicing their disapproval and calling on countries that have golden visas, of which there are quite a few to, to discontinue them. And so Ireland's decided to, Ireland made the case that, well, it, we introduced it at a time when we, was a, we needed it and no, those conditions no longer apply, so we're no, discontinuing it. And Portugal made pretty much the same case. Spain hasn't said anything. It's never been a great success. Um, the government is a 
coalition between socialists and, and, a, and a hard left party called Podemos. And Podemos, you know, hardly a day goes by without them calling for um, the golden visa to be scrapped and accusing the government of being on the side of speculators. They, they claim that the golden visa increases housing speculation, uh, gentrification, drives out um, locals from uh, from their uh, city districts. I mean, it's all it's, it's all you know utterly ridiculous because it's such a tiny segment and it's also a high end segment. This has no no impact on the on the housing market and it's arguably never did. And so the point of introducing it was kind of by almost irrelevant. But um, it's you can see that the, the Spanish government gets flack from its left uh, for, from the from the left for a program that doesn't really work much. It, and if these figures are correct, it's almost, you know, it, it, totally ineffective. Then why take the political hit and keep it in place, especially when Portugal and Ireland have already, um, you know, given us a um, set the um, set the ball rolling. So, you know, yeah. I, I'm I, surprised. I think, yeah, I, th I think if they do um, eradicate the golden visa system here in Spain, they, they need to make sure that the people who have already obtained the visas legitimately are entitled to them. You know, do you know what I mean? I, I think you, you you can't. I mean, this is what they're complaining about, isn't it? In, in Portugal, that there may be a, a case of not backdating it, so that people who've who've got one are now sitting there thinking, "Well, have I got one? Have I not got one?" It's you know, it has to be a degree of common sense involved with this. And as you said, we're not we're not talking about big numbers. We're talking mm. about 136 people. I mean, that's that's nothing. If that number's true, yeah, that number. Um, but I wouldn't be. You know, it it doesn't look promising for the Spanish golden visa, but the government hasn't said anything. It hasn't given even any indication. I mean, the, 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 the coalition partner and members of the government are, you know, made it clear that they want it to be canceled, but the government itself hasn't made any official statement. So for now, it's still there. And like you said, it could be an opportunity to, if Portugal's now canceled it, then it's the only Iberian golden visa and it could bring in um, a lot of, uh, it, you know, that could be so we could get all of Portugal's potential yep. uh, uh, golden visa investors. And it's definitely contributes to demand in some segments, but it's very diffuse. I mean, you know, let's face it, if the Russians and the Chinese were 70% of demand for most of the years of the golden visa's life so far, they and the Chinese are, and you don't have to, but you can buy uh, five flats of 100,000. Or parking places or, or commercial units you don't have to buy residential mm -hmm. uh, although i've got the impression that most of the chinese investors went for residential, but a bit of a mix there so um it's not um i'm not sure that i mean i think i, could, I can see how it could really benefit a place like marbella where americans and and um and chinese um I, I, sorry and brits can it's just an added plus and that can be quite helpful sometimes in making the decision. Absolutely. And also, you know, you, I think it's difficult when you advertise the place as the California of Europe and then mm -hmm. Californians can't come or no one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No Californians welcome. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're if you're American there, nah, nah, sorry, you can't come to the California of Europe. It's all a yeah. bit crazy, but let's let's keep an eye on it. I'm sure it'll be something we discuss as the uh, the weeks and months pass. Um, let's move on just to the, the last bit of this, this particular episode, which is a little bugbear of mine, really, which is mm -hmm. home staging. Might sound a little mm -hmm. bit boring, but it's so, so important. We, we see hundreds of properties a year, as you can imagine. And I would honestly say, I mean, this, this is for the resale market rather than new developments, because new developments, 
they tend to have a show flat or a show home, which is always lovely. It's always very nicely furnished. It smells right. It feels right. There's a nice temperature. There's a little bit of music. Ugh. And you feel at home. That's the whole point. You walk into a show home and you think, wow, I want, I want this one. Um, <laughs> very often developers that do actually sell the show home and have to move the show home somewhere mm -hmm. else because they keep selling the one that they've staged. Resale, mm -hmm. uh, resale properties, it's a different ball game because obviously you're relying on a vendor's individual taste and mm -hmm. style and standards uh, when you when you show that house. So, for instance, we can we can walk into a place and um, if the furniture's not right, if the lighting isn't right, if the, the ambience isn't right, if it feels cold or too hot or what, it can put someone off within in seconds and particularly mm -hmm. if you're then going to show them a new development where everything you know is going to be amazing and lovely then <laughs> that that resale property suddenly it just it sinks like a stone in terms of the pecking order it's the put off you you can use an, a sort of yeah. a, a resale as a put off to like it brings down people's expectations yeah and lots of agents do that they'll show them three grotty resales knowing that they're grotty then take yes. them into something new and sell them that and make double their money and be like oh hang on a minute so yeah. you have to be careful of that. But, in, you know, what we try and do is we always try and if we have a tour where you've got three or four resale properties that you're opening up, so the vendor isn't there, then, you know, we, we have to make sure to open them up in advance because there's nothing worse than turning the key and you walk in, the lights are all off, the blinds are all drawn, so it looks dark, it looks miserable, you can't really see anything. And then the agent's going around trying to open everything up. You've lost it. By that time, the client has decided the client's on the way out because they've looked <laughs> and gone and gone. Well, like it's nothing. It, it, I can't see anything. It's dark. It's miserable. It's cold. There's no light. Smelly. I'm out. <laughs> so you, you've lost the opportunity. So we always try and get there beforehand to open it up and to to air it. To and what we always do, we always put every light on in the in the apartment or in the villa or whatever it might be, even if it's a bright sunny day. We light it up. That's what they do in show homes. If you go into a show home, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is, it's always lit up. Mm -hmm. So we do that. We make sure that um, the blinds are up, uh, that if it's a freezing cold day, we put the, the warm air on, vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, and we just try and give it a little bit of a boost. We all have little air fresheners that we take around just in case somewhere smells a bit musty, which it can mm -hmm. do if, not, if it's not opened up. And also what we what we do uh, with, the, with the owner's permission is if there's any very personal photographs, pictures of the kids and blah, 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 We'll just put them in a drawer um, because people want to walk into a place and imagine it as theirs. They don't mm -hmm. want to see it as yours. So mm -hmm. you always try and depersonalize and unclutter. And that means, you know, no dirty dishes in the sink, no um, pants on the washing line. Um, and we've seen we've seen this. Please, you know, this this is something that happens all the time. You know, the beds aren't made. It's like, oh, my mm. God give us let's give ourselves half a chance of selling this and if things are perfect then you've you've lost that chance and i think i mentioned in another another episode we did that people i think because it's a second home rather than the primary home a lot of vendors are reluctant to invest in staging so when we say look you know we have honest conversations with our vendors they say sure why isn't why isn't it selling you've told me it's the right price why isn't it selling it's a very difficult conversation do we do we tell them honestly well it's because of that that stained brown leather sofa that you've had for 20 years, you know, that puts people off. Do we tell them that? Yes, yes, we do. And if it means the vendors decide to go with another agent, then so be it. But we've got to be honest and give themselves an opportunity, you know, give them an opportunity to put things right. And if it means they need to go and spend a thousand euros on a new sofa, so be it. 
you know, we've had discussions with a vendor who whose blinds, window blinds were all askew and you couldn't roll them up and you couldn't roll them down. They were, mm -hmm. it, looked, it looked like a squat. And we said, look, we are not showing this property again unless you sort that out. Oh, mm -hmm. it's going to cost me £2,000 or so. Well, so be it. But you're mm -hmm. not going to get any money from a sale unless you do that. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to rant, aren't I? But do you see, no, no, it's interesting. Do you see, does it actually make a difference that if an if a house that if assuming you know if you had two identical units and furnished in a similar style or whatever but one was staged and one was not does the staged one um sell quicker yeah. and at a better price than the other one always always and do you know what the, the other interesting thing is when a, when a vendor is actually living in their place or they're staying there and and we request a viewing and they you know we, we often ask them you know do you mind just just setting everything up and then leaving, just hide around the back and just, just mm -hmm. let us let us deal with the viewing because there's nothing worse for an agent than having a vendor there. Because, mm -hmm. you know, the vendors, the vendor kind of follows you around mm -hmm. and they start, because it's their own place, of course, enthusiasm takes over and they start chipping in and saying, oh, mm -hmm. you know, we've got this so-and-so -so is a neighbor and blah, 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 blah. that, that mm -hmm. person's dog doesn't stop barking. And, yeah. And then they're also turning to the lights that you're putting on to light up mm -hmm. the place they're turning them off as they're going from room to room. And I'm like, hang on, mm. we might want to go back in there. And mm -hmm. they don't generally, generally, not everyone, generally they don't do themselves any favors. They're not mm. salespeople. They're not real estate people. Mm. Leave it to the experts is my, mm. is my, is my um, takeaway from that. Leave it mm -hmm. to the experts. Let them do the viewings. Um, you know, because we, we know what a client is looking for. So although the vendor will think they're helping by chipping in and, and sometimes they're saying, you know, that they're, they're breaking the deal. Mm, yeah it's very interesting yeah it's counterproductive there are there are companies that do home staging services yes there which are. is they they go in and for a fee and they're professionals and they know all that you know they they know what bits to repaint and what bits of furniture to change or replace and they can do it cheap you don't have to go and buy new they bring in they have like a stock of stock of um, nice throws and yes. pillows and yeah. and and bits and pieces and that sounds to me like it might be and i don't think they cost the the earth i think they're quite reasonably priced but it sounds like a, a an investment if you want to sell quickly and at the best price sounds like home staging unless you've got an agency that can you know an agent your selling agent can do help you do it but i think that it's almost more like a specific type of um, service that that is, is apart from agents because you need, you know, it's home stage and needs to work with lots of agents to make it worthwhile. Is it worth, is that worth doing? It, it, it is. You'd be surprised though how many vendors just don't want to do that. Even if it's a fairly minimal cost, they just don't see the investment return. And, and you know, we will tell them, we, we will say, well, look, like the example you've given, mm. look, your house is, is fine. It's okay. It's average. It's, it's lovely-ish. Mm. But the mm. one next door, also for sale, is mm. better because they mm. all an effort. And it's sometimes mm. it's not about furniture. Sometimes it, it's about like, lock up your kids and lock up your dogs. I mean, because, mm -hmm. you know, we get so many vendors who say, oh, you know, as, as the buyer's coming in, oh, sorry about Sandy and Lily, my two mm. dogs, yapping dogs. You're not afraid of dogs, are you? And they ask <laughs> the question as they're walking in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, most people are fine with dogs, but- Yeah, but some are halfway down the street by that yeah. time. Do you really need them on a viewing? And do you really need your your, your child stuffing beans on toast in the mouth and, and yeah. 
it's just, but it's easier if you're selling um, second homes. I mean, it's, it's because you get these empty properties. Where, you know, people who live in there, it's harder if you're trying to market a primary residency because that's where people live and they don't want to take down. And, and the process, it might be on the market for six months or something. I mean, we talked about this the other day, the average time in Spain, you know, more than 50% are on the market for six months. So um, they don't want to put every, all their personal possessions in the drawer in that period. But second homes, at least, there's a good chance that you'll have it empty uh, for for some of the time or a large period of the time that you're trying to show it. Yeah. So Do you know what? Most, most agents are lazy and greedy. What they want is they want, for their listings, their own resale listings, they want a series of show homes that they can mm -hmm. confidently um, show a client. They don't, you know, if, if, they re if they know that a property is jaded mm -hmm. or doesn't look its best or has a, a, a vendor living there that doesn't shut up or a yappy dog, mm. they will avoid that listing like the plague. They will find mm. something else that they can show because they, mm. they don't need the pain. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or use it as a put off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. um, what about, would it make sense to, if you decide, right, you're going to say you have a second home in Marbella and you're going to sell up and to, to, to remove all of your possessions and be completely, to, uh, to everything out, all the furniture and, and all the furniture, give it a lick of paint and then leave, and then sell it as almost a shell. It, it does that make any sense? Yes, it does. It, it does. And sometimes that's that's good. Um, mm -hmm. it, it very much depends on what they've got at that time. When we go into a place where, as you probably tell, we're very honest and we'll say, OK, it looks great, but we can make it better. I would suggest doing this, 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 this and this. If they don't do that, then I will say, OK, two options we have here to make this property sing. One is mm. take everything out, mm. or the second one is replace everything, you know, because mm -hmm. for sure, something that is fully furnished and staged very neutrally mm. uh, works best, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. People, when, you, when you're when you trying to sell a shell, although it can look very clean and stark and, and mm -hmm. very impersonal, people can't imagine their own stuff in there because they can't get a sense of space. And, and, and mm -hmm. so my preference is always to have it have it furnished very nicely right um, and there are things you can do you i'm not saying go and spend thirty thousand on furniture but just a few clever things you've mentioned throws sometimes it's about lighting sometimes it's just about a few little tidbits here and there rather than replacing anything but mm. people's house plants yeah. nice house plants they yeah. really like whatever you've got there in the corner i don't know what it is yeah. but i mean you know they uh they can give a nice little touch i mean a friend of mine in barcelona he who renovates properties and then has to sell the renovated property and for precisely that reason that a lot of people can't imagine what it looks like but he's got that he gets this it's cardboard furniture and Ooh. beds sofa it's made of cardboard and he and so it's he doesn't furnish it because he doesn't it's not a big enough the scale that he's working at he doesn't he can't have a showho it is you know he just goes from flat to flat but whilst it's on the market the sitting room and the bedrooms have some furniture with them although he takes it with him you know he just um it, it you just break it down into and 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 it but it doesn't look too bad it su looks surprisingly good and you're right it looks better than empty space i i, I think so yeah unless you've got a seasoned property investor who's used to working with empty yeah, spaces that's that's, that's, that's people different they know what they're most doing. People, yeah you know most people are buying here as part of their their dream you know they want to be mm -hmm. in the sunshine they want a place they can call home so the better you can help them imagine that, then, mm -hmm. then you know, all, all, all the better, really. Right. So the, 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 I guess the bottom line is that when it comes to selling a property, if it's nicely presented and lit and clean and neutral, your sales job is just a whole lot easier 
because you don't have to um, those all those off-putting personal details. And I mean, I because I don't actually because I'm in a different seg in a completely different uh, role in the real estate world to you. And I never go into properties uh, or take clients around anything. Not that I haven't in the distant past, but, you know, so I've got some experience of it. But um, it's I just see because I do look at a lot, a lot of properties online and the amount of listings you see where they're kind of the loose seats up and they haven't really cleaned the, the bowl and the toothpaste is all over this, the, the bathroom sink. And, you know, every other the bed isn't made. It's just like some uh, really, really you could almost make a like do some sort of, you know, I don't know, internet meme of just the most appalling property oh. listing pop, uh, uh, pictures. Yeah. And, um, and the, other, the other thing as well, just very quickly touching on it, is photographs. You know, these mm -hmm. days, photographs, that's, that's, the, that's the first thing that people see about your yeah. property. They'll see something online on your website or a portal or whatever, and it'll be your property. It'll be, I don't know, 10 or 20 photos. And we get so many vendors who, who as we're listing a property, they'll say, you don't, have to, you don't need to take photos. We've got our own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. I don't even want to see them. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Leave it to the professionals. So, oh. professional staging, professional photography. If you're serious about selling, absolutely. Because I see, you know, I go onto like Idealista and stuff like that, and I see some of the photos. It's like there's no wide angle involved. It's just mm. oh my. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, and conversely, I've seen a, a good photographers taking pictures that you you can't almost can't recognize the the, the property. It looks so good. Um, but they are, they're all amazing, Mark. they're all amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's just a few simple tips to help people over the line, really. That's uh, that's all I wanted to offer and have a moan, of course. Yes, yes. Brilliant. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time, as always. Mm, likewise. Uh, I'm sure there will be something pops up over the uh, horizon in the coming weeks that we can mm. chat about next time. But, yes. Um, I'm uh, back into the sunshine. Don't know about you. Is it nice up there? Yes. Yeah, it's the lovely, warm, spring-like day here in Barcelona. So, you know, can't complain. Um, anyway, lovely to speak to you, Sean, and look forward to the next time. Brilliant. You take care. Cheers take for now. Take care. Bye. Bye.